0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: and we are live for another week of uh, great radio. So I hope you guys are ready for a good show tonight because I am. we got an awesome show. we got an awesome show tonight, and so I am uh, excited about that. Um, We're going to be talking to Chuck DeGroat um, tonight, who is going to talk to us. We're going to talk about healthy relationships. Um, We're going to have some good, interesting news stuff coming up here in a second. We got Kels. is gonna give us the hot topic, fellas. Listen, I'm gonna tell y'all now. I'm gonna need y'all help tonight on this hot topic. Cause it's about to be. They try. They gonna try to get me tonight, fellas. Fellas, y'all. I need y'all tonight on hot topics. So don't leave me in here by myself with tonight's hot topic. So y'all be y'all be ready for that. Plus in a second hour, we got uh, the fire starter. Is gonna be look. Hey, wind enough already. The fire starter's gonna be here. So we are gonna have a passion talk with Miss Cicely, and of course the best in indie music. So we got a good show tonight. I'm excited about it. Hope you guys are too. If you're watching on live on our face, one of our Facebook lives, hit the share button, um, and then of course leave your comments. You can always give us a call and give us your comments because we definitely want to hear your comments. For so the call in number for comments is nine, or just to listen by phone, is nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four. Again, that's 929-477-2304. If you've got a comment, press the number 1, and that will let you know, let us know that you got a comment. But 929-477-2304, you can listen by phone. Um, again, you can comment by pressing 1. If you're on the live, press 1. If you're um, online, you can put your comments online as well. All right? So, again. Talk to us. We got a good show tonight. We got a lot going on. Fellas, so if y'all leave me tonight, I swear to God. <laughs> not, really, not literally. Not I don't literally swear to God. I don't literally swear to God. Sorry, I'm just kidding. I don't Ooh. literally swear to God. But y'all don't leave me out by myself on this on this uh on this hot topic tonight 'cause they're gonna they're trying to get us, fellas. I'm just telling topic. y'all now. Fire.
2: It's it's
1: it's to it's it's so let <laughs> me let me say, well, since they already started, they're not gonna even wait for me tonight. Let me say, what's up to my people? What's up, kill From curly Kitten closing. How you doing? I'm doing well. Where's my theme yeah, song? Not, mm-hmm. not, with that hot topic. Not with tonight's hot topic. You ain't getting no. Nah, I'm, gonna give, I'm gonna give you. A, I'm, gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a song because I need. I'm gonna give you a song, cause I, need you a song cause I need mercy tonight.
3: So. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mm. Hey, I just hey. gave it to you. I, I, you, I yeah. gave it to you. I, got, I need peace tonight.
4: You gotta,
1: be in this, I had a ducky on my life. And, of course, we got my other uh, partner in crime, Miss Elegance by Design herself, Miss Shaquilla Willis. What's up, Q? Hey,
5: hey. I am doing well. I am, like, super excited for this show and our hot topic. Scrolling through the comments <laughs> on that original post. <laughs> For life this
1: afternoon, and I'm super
2: excited. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you are.
1: For it. I'm oh yeah, I'm oh, sure yeah. you are. Mm-hmm. So again, before we are gonna really jump in, but before again, let me say this one more time. If you are listening on our live, hit the share button so we can share. Make sure you put your comments or your questions. We'll make sure we get them on. Um, and then if you just want to if you want to call in and you got a question or comment, you can do that. Um, again, that call in number is nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four, and then make sure you press the number one if you got a comment. And now, last, before I jump in, let me say what's up to the Scoop Nation. Y'all know y'all the truth. We love you. We appreciate you. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the news. Here we go. All right, so there was a uh, story that was put out yesterday that said that several there were several NFL um, owners who said that next year they would, not, they would not go for their players not standing during the National uh, Anthem. Well, today, uh, this story apparently was led by Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. So today Stephen Ross backtracks and says, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, come out. Let me clarify what I'm saying. He's saying what well, he actually is saying that he said. He's saying that he said, Okay, that he says he would not force. He says I would not force my players to um, stand during the Star-Spangled Banner. He says that uh, in this article that was posted, that he said what he actually believes is that because the um, the narrative has changed, uh, that uh, now that that not standing for the national anthem uh, is not being seen for the social justice reason that Colin Kaepernick started, but that it is seen as something that is disrespectful to the military uh, and to the country. And Even though he knows that's not what it means, he still doesn't think, he's not going to tell his players that they have to stand, but he doesn't think that it's beneficial for people to kneel during the national anthem anymore. So, Stephen Ross, owner of the Miami Dolphins, um, that's what he had to say. He says that also. He says in this story that he feels like that President Trump, um, who he likes, who he says that he likes, but he doesn't agree with everything he says. He says that he thinks that he makes a good point. Um, and again, and that the message came did not has uh, turned. That the message became what kneeling was all about uh, instead of what it was supposed to what it was meant to be about. So Kelly, what do you think about this story? What do you think about Mr. Ross saying that? Um, that players, even though he's not going to him, make his players stand, that they should. What's your thoughts? Um,
4: I think that he went back and cleared it up because there's probably some kind of little funky clause in there that says,
2: <laughs>
4: if you don't stand, you're not going to get paid this week. You know, so he had to go back and recount whatever he said and clean it up Um, because we already heard rumors that they were going to try to put a clause in the contract. Um, setting that they would have to stand for the national anthem. So Stephen Ross, yeah, he tried it, but I think <laughs> I think it will something will come out. Um, I think he just had to cover his bases and wanted wanted to say the right thing that he wasn't going to force them. But I bet you it's going to say something in their contract they if they don't do it or something. So yeah, yeah I don't I don't yeah. believe him. Yeah, very interesting.
1: Yeah, Keith, what you think?
5: Um, I I agree that this is just a way to cover the bases before the paperwork gets clear. In my opinion, um, I can see I can see the back office is trying to make this language as flowery and confusing and somewhat inclusive and team related. You know, it'll, the anthem will somehow become some type of team building or team. You know, you know, you know how public relations fixes things to make right. them sound like something else. So I see that definitely coming along the way. Um, just to play devil's advocate, he does make a point regarding how um, the overall public has began to change the narrative of what kneeling is for, regardless of how many times we say over and over and over again, that it has nothing to do with the disrespect of the military and things of that nature. Um, I can see that there is a, a, certain people, a certain number of people that um, remain untouched and unbothered by this particular form of protest because they've been turned off early on by the military fans. So um, Mm -hmm. while it's not going to change whether or not we kneel or not, um, I can see where there has to still be some creativity or there has to be better messaging behind the reason why and possibly a different um, in addition to the being a different type of protest to reawaken that so we get a chance to re-message that. Um, but I think there's definitely something to be said for that, and that's what the businesses will use. Um, oh, well, the, the message has been muddied. You know, it's no longer what it's saying. It's creating more negative more negative and positive. There's all kinds of ways that they can spin it. So with that, I think we have to be ahead of the game. Instead of dismissing that as, oh, you don't want to hear it, we have to accept the fact that there is a group of people who don't, one side or the other, that are not hearing it for those reasons. So we have to adjust and make it so that the message doesn't get lost because they won in muddying the message. Like, that was the goal. So he knew what it was about. Trump knew what it was about when we kneeled, when Colin said sure. what he said. It was clear mm-hmm. what the deal was for, you know. But it was a it was a very right. successful rebrand of our protest, so we have
1: to take that back. Uh. So- Cool, cool, cool. All right, next one, I'm going to jump to the next story. So, uh, for those who did not know, there were several stores like Dick's Sporting Goods who came out and said that since the country had not made any decisions um, about changes to gun control, that companies like Dick's Sporting Goods came out and said that they um, they will no longer sell uh, guns, they will restrict gun sales to adults 21 and older. Um, and so, this week um, in Portland, Oregon, a man filed a 20-year-old man uh, filed a law a discrimination lawsuit discrimination. against Dick's Sporting Goods because they refused to sell him uh, a rifle. Um, and so, excuse me, I'm sorry, he's 19-year-old. He's 19. So he is an or the Oregon um, which is to say, this is allows for residents to buy shotguns or rifles starting at the age of 18. His name is Tyler Watson. So Tyler Watson filed uh, he filed a lawsuit against the retailers um, for not selling him the gun and um, for what does this say? And for punitive damages. And so again, he's saying he's asking them, the judge, to force Dix and Walmart to stop unlawfully discriminating against 18, 19, and 20-year-old customers at all of their uh, Oregon locations. So he's asking for um, punitive damages as well as, like I said, to force them to sell guns. So what do you think about that, uh, Q? I think it's stupid. I think of all the places that have not enacted laws and, and,
5: and, and statutes like this, You choose to make your – I think this is stupid. And I think the judge is going to tell them, go to a different store. Like, this isn't law yet, but this business has the right. And my – like, I I don't see why they should not be able to put an age limit on who they feel socially responsible for arming. As a company, that is – we we want the whole company socially responsible for the things that we feel passionate about, whether it be plastic, fur, whatever – if this company wants to take a stand and say 21 and up is who we feel comfortable arming in this co- in this cu- country's climate right now and going forward, that's what makes us feel, feel better and sleep better at night, then do that. There are 50,000 other places in the country that you can go and buy guns at 18 years old right now. I suggest you find one of those places. I think this is ridiculous,
4: absolutely ridiculous. not here for it. <laughs> um,
1: yes, yeah,
4: sit down. Like, that's all I want to say to him. This is damn. Right. You know, people shooting up schools. like, well, nobody got time for you to be trying to, you know, start some other stuff? He's trying to get punitive damages and stuff, trying to sue for millions, saying they discriminated against. Hey, they changed the regulation, period. Mm-hmm. If you got to be 21 to drink, you ain't got to be 21 to buy bullets. Right. Think a martini is safer than... A gun is a bullet, so I'm yeah. I'm definitely on the side of wait till you're 21. You know, if the, I need the DA, uh, whoever to get that stuff together, don't let this slide. Don't let this let them try to come in here and get us with a boom boom trap. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. yep.
1: I'm
2: gonna try to yep. have a lawsuit? Sit down. I'll-
1: I'm interested to see if, I'm interested to see, because Dixon said that they're saying about their decision, and so um, so they're not changing. But I'm very interested they, to see how they, you know, how this thing plays out. Uh, I have a feeling, best case scenario, they'll offer him some money and tell him to shoes lie, but I don't see them changing anytime soon. So um, this should be think interesting. Think. Yeah.
5: I don't
1: think they should do that. All that's good war reward bad behavior. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, know a lot of corporations, large corporations value time. A lot of instances, look looks like listen, to kids. If I give this boy $5,000 to go on away instead of paying my lawyer, you know, the lawyers have a much time, it's going to take to fight, this. then sometimes they'll just pay and move it on. So who knows? We'll see. But I'm going to, they keep writing about it. I'm definitely going to keep following this one because. Listen, look. If, if the, I saw I was in, in uh, Chicago and I saw the Powerball was three hundred twenty-one million, and so now I got all kind of creative ways to uh, get these student loans paid off. So I might have to Man. go to Oregon and try and try to, <laughs> try, try to do something because I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, next story, and then we're going to move on. Um, so this week's Oscars, first of all, before I get to this, let me say, um, whatever that outfit was that Tiffany uh, Addis was wearing and whatever it was that Mary J. was wearing, I'm here for it. Amen. That's all I said to say about that. Uh, but this I'm here for it. I don't know. That red dress that Mary was wearing, the red dress, and I'm sure Kendu was not I'm sure Kendu was over there rethinking his life. Um and yeah, anyway, I digress. But it was, they looked very nice. And then Tiffany had on this um dress that was in part like something to her father's ancestry. I forgot what it what it was, but it was just, they looked really nice. So I'll leave it at that. But um yeah, but, so the big thing at the Oscars was Jordan Peele. So Jordan Peele, who directed, wrote and directed Get Out, um, won, um, won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. So he became, Jordan Peele became the first black person <laughs> to win an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Um, and so that was the big news. If you guys, I think the movies, um, had a $20 million budget and grossed over a hundred million dollars. Um, and so he did a real good job with everybody who saw it. Um, will tell you, I mean, it was also real cool to see his, his buddy, uh, Keegan, Michael Key celebrating, uh, for him or with him as well too. So yeah, he did a good job on the movie. They won, you know, he won. And so, uh, yeah, good, good, good job. Um, what do
4: you think about it? Uh, I mean, I'm excited. I'm glad uh, that he got it. I thought the movie was good. I liked it. Um, I thought it was definitely something new and fresh and different and something to make people think. Um, Yeah, I'm glad. You know, congratulations. I'm glad that that he's going, surpassing everything that people predicted or probably that he even dreamed of. So, And I like the fact that the article uh, talks about him having Um, self-doubt. I had a question up the other day about that. Um, You know, do we have self-doubt? So uh, doubt don't have to keep you from facing after those dreams. So I'm definitely proud of him and waiting to see what he's going to do next.
6: Yep.
4: I think it's awesome.
5: Straight up, the movie was – Amazing, um, in my opinion. I think it was thoughtful on a million different levels. So um, I think it's definitely time. I'm just overall impressed, regardless of what the award results say, I'm overall impressed with the showing of our black men in this past year. Like it's been a build up, but as far as Hollywood is concerned and the caliber of talent that is coming out of, that is coming from us is just amazing, whether it's in the acting, the producing, the writing, the directing. Like, I am just here for all of this amazingness that we got going on right now. Um, I also want to agree with Kels and what she said in the mentioning self-doubt. I really thought that was a a dope, um, <clears throat> well, it's Entrepreneur Network. Okay, well, that makes sense. Well, I thought that was a dope <laughs> um, take on this <laughs> as far <part of> as approaching, <laughs> approaching it from that standpoint, because people see him in his comedy, they see the how edgy he can be, how out of the box his comedy is, especially when he's um, with Keith. You know, it, 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 it seems effortless, and to know that, to, to break ground the way that he did and to still doubt himself along the way was, um, I, I dug that, because, you know, that hit <laughs> him Say, but for anybody doing anything new and trying to break out of the box, that's a cool, cool story to see because this dude has been around for a long time and we're just now really, really seeing yeah. the talent that they have. So yeah, I'm here for it. I'm super here for it.
2: Yeah.
1: Key and P was funny. So it was just I think they that are hilarious. That, well, yeah, in that it, genre, was, it was different. Yeah. Key and Peele was hilarious. I mean it was sometimes it was like hey, a little too much but in general, especially when he does Obama, that was hilarious. Uh, but oh, it was I think really Obama killed. Yes. Yeah, his Obama movie <laughs> is, is, is true. But especially to see him um, not do a movie that was a comedy, you know, to see him to see him go to such a different type of movie uh, was 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 cool. Was cool. And so, and he also he and I do like how he said for those who haven't looked at the article, he says I picked this up. He said, I stopped writing this twenty times. He said, stop writing me 20 times because I thought it was impossible. Um, He said, I thought it wasn't going to work. I thought no one would ever make this movie. But I kept coming back Mm -hmm. to it because I knew if someone let me make this movie, that they would hear it and people would see it. So I wanted to to dedicate this to the people who raised my voice and let me make this movie. And I think, you know, like to what Q and Carol said, I think we got to all remember, you know, if we are, you know, all of us have dreams and goals and all those dreams mm-hmm. and goals come with self doubt. They come with, you know, that little voice that likes to tell you what you can't do but right. if you keep going then this is what can happen. So, you know, big ups to him. Big ups to Jordan Peel. And I do hope that he um, he's also talking about he got he can write another one. You know, like a follow up yeah. to it. So I hope I hope he does and I hope he gets a bigger budget and, and, and does better. So yeah. So good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, that's all we got news tonight Um, So that was the news uh, Tonight was brought to you um, By, who am I doing the news Oh yeah, I'm doing it by um, Red Big Man (laughs) Uh, So you can Go to our website Uh, We got some new stuff up for ladies and for men So you want to go to www.walkroyal That's with an e.com And check us out so, all right. So, up tonight, our first song um, we got. Um, our first song is uh, "Freedom." Yeah, we like this song um, by mm-hmm. Shai Sh- I can never say his name.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so we should be up to our interview once we get through after this song. So, all right. So we go to "Freedom" by Shaiaka. We'll be back after the song. Oh, this is break.
3: Back in the day, back, back, back in the day,
7: back, 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 back in the day. I was born in the 90s, snap my soul from the 80s. Uncontrollable crack babies, through to rock the Mercedes business. Enjoy riding with friends, relentless, undisciplined kids. Chickens pecking they worms, plucking these streams like they hindrance. The super fly pelican propeller, shore, shepherds, and dressed Dress with elegant, groom. Mighty mouse to the elephants in the room. Blessed with the gift of gal. Mike skills, treasure rich, master is stern as I write, recite my songs to the exorcist. Now here's a little story of a man in Yaka. My garden of and my old earth, a failedest farmer. I arose, coming over poppy seas, Further than my father did rock saw head jackets, fuss lumpkin get I lit to all the kids, push on by Lake Shore Drive. Climbing rocks for lack of daisies. and thinking about how low my mama got that made me crazy. '90s kids forever rain. Bustin' sexin', we were pagin'. Watchin' time and Jerry is you is it is you ain't my baby now. pack town, baby and are your godness, raised me. Suicide Obama kids embrace me, so just with high ranking, take fatigue. They pull it daily. Thankfully, no bullets raised me. I look back on those days and realize that Christ saved me, eating so beef in the stew. got knew where the rest recipe would take me, brainstorming. Purple rain, see, never leaned on that shook Avery. Teach my peers the safe way Got pushing keys. Be counting basic freedoms, but I childhood talk now turning to mental slavery. Back in the days when I was younger not a kid, and even some days, I still wish I wasn't a kid again. We used
6: to play and throw rocks at the neighbor's front door. I still wish I was a Back
3: in the days, back and back, back, back in the days. That's why I write freedom songs. Back in the days, back back, back, back in the day. That's why I write freedom songs. Back in the day. Freedom Freedom Freedom. freedom. That's why I write
2: freedom.
6: i anymore, but some days wish I was again. We used to play and I still wish I was a kid again. We used to play and those days and realize i anymore. i still wish we could get again back in the days when I was younger.
5: for the past few weeks now um, in our private conversations and I actually started listening to one of his books this past week. I'm on Chapter 3 and I'm loving it. Um, so I am definitely here for our next guest. Yeah, so I'm going to say a little bit about him before we bring him on. Um, we are talking with Dr. Chuck DeGroat today, and Chuck is a professor of counseling and pastoral care at Western Theological Seminary in Holland, Michigan, and co-founder and senior fellow at New Beach New (laughs) Begin House of Studies in San Francisco. Um, He spent the last 20 years in a fluid combination of pastoral ministry, seminary teaching, and clinical counseling. He writes mostly about the intersections of psychology, theology, and Christian spirituality. Most recently he's been a te- he's been teaching, he's a teaching pastor at City Church San Francisco, where he co-founded New Vision House of Studies an Urban and Mission Missional Training Center with uh, offerings offering through Western Theological Seminary uh, in Michigan. He's started two church counseling centers, a lay counseling program further further developed by his City Church colleagues and a fellows program. All of this represents his commitment to formation of mission. Um, his first book, Leaving Egypt, Finding God in Wilderness Places, which represents his narrative, his narrative biblical paradigm for understanding counseling, care, and formation. His second book, The Toughest People to Love, focuses on caring for the most difficult people leaders encounter. And his most recent book, the one that I'm loving, is Wholeheartedness, which brings a vision of wholeness amidst our perfectionism and shame-based culture. This book is everything so far. So without further ado, I would like to introduce to the Scoop Nation and our visitors, Mr. Chuck Sickroach. Welcome, welcome,
8: welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, that sounds exhausting, <laughs> all of that that you just read. Have I done all that? That's, that's awesome. I want to be like
5: you when I grow up. <laughs> no,
8: no, I don't want to be like that. I can't believe I've done those things. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, but that that is an accomplished biography right there. Biography that we just yeah. uh, that's a lifetime of work. So, you know, you're still moving, so that's okay.
8: We won't be yeah. too that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, well thanks for having me. It's great to be with you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. We know we know it's late we it's, it's late here in West Michigan, so uh Yeah, so I I know it's a sacrifice and I appreciate you.
8: Oh no, that's and fine, it's great.
1: <laughs> so
8: for well, audience, for, who
1: not, who's not, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, you. Let me stop cutting you off. No, I, was, I think we were
5: gonna say the same thing, to be honest. But um mm-hmm. for those that, <laughs> for those who are not familiar with your work and may have kind of gotten caught up in that bio and its details, um, tonight we kind of wanted to talk about how having a healthy self can attribute to having better relationships with those around us, whether they be romantic or um, platonic. So can you tell us a little bit about how this became um, a book for you and why this is so important to you? Um, Yeah, tell us why it's important. Yeah,
8: (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure for for the two of you, I mean, these things begin with your own story. And it began with my story of, of not being healthy particularly in my mid late twenties, I, I grew up in a, uh, a, a rough home. Uh, things were tough and I was living out of a, uh, a mask. I was wearing a mask that, uh, I think many people in my world thought looked pretty polished, but was, uh, was actually a, a desperate way of trying to keep myself going. And I just hit a wall in my late twenties. Uh, I got really tired. Uh, I saw it therapy, and uh, that wasn't something you did back in the late 90s if you were studying in seminary, but but I desperately needed it, and I began looking at my life and my story and my heart and myself, and so that was the beginning of it, and that was uh, more than 20 years ago now. Wow. I can...
5: I, I actually can understand that we all are in that kind of limbo space. Um, I think at our age yeah. range, especially here, we've done a lot of the yeah. young things, and now it's time to kind of show up, <laughs> kind of show, you know, kind of produce something. And if we haven't got right. the point of producing something, it, it starts to feel like we're not enough. So, yeah, I can identify with that. Yeah. Wait, I think
1: you had a question. <clears throat> I, I was going to ask, So, Chuck, I was going to ask um, you, you said that in the early '90s, there it was just not something that you did, especially if you went to seminary. One of the things I know that we struggle with, especially in the African American community, is to this day we still have an issue with going to counseling. We think you know it's something yeah. wrong with you, right. or you know, especially in, in the church world, you know, you can pray it away and all that kind of stuff.
2: What, yeah. What
1: was it? What What is it that you think that we used to? break past or get beyond in order to see that it's it's perfectly healthy okay and normal to seek out counseling first of all
8: yeah well what you're getting at is that there's there's some shame involved like you you've got to be tough you've got to be strong you've got to be uh you've got to pick yourself up by your spiritual bootstraps you know and that happens in african-american communities uh that was a big deal in the asian community that uh that was uh, so much a part of San Francisco when I lived there for a number of years. Um, And yeah, back in the late nineties, it was a big part of uh, a more evangelical, most more white, some diversity, you know, Christian community. And, you know, to be honest, it took me hitting a wall back then. I mean, I think things are changing slowly, um, Mm -hmm. but back then, I mean, it, it was like I wasn't going to tell anyone. I mean, no one knew that I was going to see a counselor except for my wife, and that wasn't something I was proud to say. Now now where we live, Winford, in West Michigan, I mean, I, most of the pastors I know go to counseling pretty regularly, but back then, that was unheard of. Of course, mm-hmm. when I was in the city, when I was living in the city of San Francisco, it was kind of like if you didn't have a therapist, you had a problem. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, in, in West Michigan it might be a little different. You know, in rural communities it's a little different. In mm-hmm. African American communities where there's a there's a sense of like you know you, your faith is strong enough, just keep going. It might be a little different. It might be hard. So it takes some courage sometimes to pick up the phone or get online and and say, hey, I need help. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, you you kind of um, and. and Kelly and Q know to jump in because I am in Chuck's class right now, so let me all say this. So these are you know, <laughs> anyway, so y'all jump in because I right. I'll keep going because I'm trying to get an A now. I'm kidding, uh, but um, yeah. <laughs> so you, you started to talk about you started to talk about about shame, and I think that's yeah. probably a, an area, especially if we're talking about healthy relationships, that are that's really mm-hmm. necessary for us to uncover. Um, because we talk a lot about, you know, um things that have happened in our childhood, but I think what we don't get to the core of or is to understand kind of what those things did to us. Um, the yeah. system that we use to cover those up.
2: Yeah. And, yeah
1: and, and the unhealthy manifestations of them. So can you kinda of talk a little bit more about kinda of what shame looks like
8: instead of just shame the base
1: yeah, feel yeah. of oh type thing?
8: Yeah, yeah, shame is such a big deal. I mean, we often talk about guilt. You know, guilt is I I haven't done enough. Um, I haven't achieved enough perhaps. but shame is I'm not enough. Like, there's something wrong with me. And there's, you know, there's a healthy shame that we all experience, you know, a healthy sense of our own limitations, which I think is very, very important. But a number of years ago, a man named John Bradshaw wrote a bunch about shame, and he talked about I think it was Bradshaw. It may have been someone else. who talked about five stages of shame or five types of shame. He talked about healthy shame. He talked about perfectionistic shame. You know that sense that I'm just not doing enough. I'm not perfect enough. I'm not. I, I'm not a good boy. I'm not a good girl. He talked about minority status shame. In other words, if if you're if you're black, if you're a female, if you're if um, you know, whatever kind of minority minority status that you're talking about, there's some sense in the world that you grow up feeling like there's something wrong with me. I'm not enough. And then he talked about uh, toxic shame. Toxic shame is, is the shame that really uh, it, it really burdens us in a way that we we almost in a sense become non-functional. Like we don't believe that there's, there's anything that uh, is worthwhile within us. And, you two have probably known people like this who you know you're talking to them, and they'll say to you, "I'm just not worth anything. I'm just not i mean people look at me and there's there's just not anything to love there talks about shamelessness, and that's really dangerous. Shamelessness is when you get to a place where you can say things and do things, you can lie, you can steal, you can cheat, you can boast in a way that you don't feel shame at all so you know, to sum it up, I mean, shame is actually at its core it can be healthy. It can remind us of our limits, but but it's when we despise our limits, when we feel like we're not enough, when it feels like we're worthless, that's when it becomes a problem.
2: Hmm.
8: Okay. Hmm.
4: Well, um, hello, Chuck.
2: Do you go by Chuck? This is Kale. Yeah, Chuck. I'm yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm
4: the third host on the show. I just wanted to put that oh, out good. there. Three of <laughs> I love it but um, yeah, um, I wanted to ask, because of your um being a minister and being a you know a psychologist, and I'm sure you counsel people, how would you counsel someone who's not necessarily religious or you know has yeah. never
8: been a Christian? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and, you know, particularly when I was in San Francisco, I saw many, many people who weren't wouldn't call themselves Christians. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we all are burdened by shame, whether you call yourself a Christian or, or not. I do think that, that the, the Christian scriptures have a particular way of talking about shame that I find to be very, very helpful. But, um, listen, I can sit with anyone from any background, any religion, uh, religious or non-religious, and say, do you ever feel like you're not enough? Like, do you ever feel like you're worthless? Do you ever feel like is everything about you isn't um, isn't appealing? Isn't good? Um, isn't loving? And just, you know, despite the religion, despite the belief system, uh, people will say, yeah, I feel that. I I experience that. And so, uh, and you know. It was probably you, – you You all probably know the name Brene Brown. Uh, Brene Brown's been uh, writing and speaking now uh, publicly and pretty prominently for about the last 10 or 15 years, but she's really sort of popularized the concept of shame and brought it into more of a national spotlight. You know, I, one of the things she teaches and that I agree with is that we all long to be seen. We all long to be known, and so whether you're a Christian – whether you're a Buddhist, whether you come from a religious background or not, we all long to be seen. We all long to be known. And the antidote to shame is is vulnerability. It's empathy. It's being known. It's being seen. So and that, you can do that. I can do that. You can all do that with someone who you know believes in Jesus or doesn't believe in Jesus.
5: Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I and I appreciate how you use that, like, you're, okay, fine, that's not how you directly identify. But in no your I read into that, that your understanding of who you are provides a different type of comfort in letting someone else become more comfortable with identifying who, with whoever they become. And I yeah. think that itself attests to being, that's a level of wholeness that I think is, like, That's
8: really dope, to be
5: honest with you. And we struggle with that in our journey to become whole, confident, I am who I am people. Because a lot of the times we say that I'm comfortable with who I am, or I'm happy in this skin, or in this, you know, with who we are. And then when met with opposition to that or questioning of who that is, then we're shaken about that, or we yeah, become very, yeah. very to that, and I think that that, especially with something like religion, you know, that is something that we take so seriously because it's our personal belief. We, in translating that even to relationships, that's our heart, you know, so we, we guard yeah. on, um, just, just the same, so to know that there's a, it's almost like hopeful to me to know that there's a level of understanding that, you know, it's okay. You don't have to love oh, how right. I love. You don't have to necessarily believe how I, live, you know, believe, but we can still find a middle ground to heal together. I think that's super,
8: super cool. Yeah, I think you actually said it a whole lot better than I did, so thank you.
2: okay.
1: A paragraph, a paragraph in wholeheartedness that I that when I read it, it immediately um, brought me to to relationships and, and and you wrote that because we're fueled by the belief that we're not enough parts of us go into overdrive, frantically yeah. seeking the satisfaction we crave and more success, a better body, or the approval of others. But like the fast food customer, in the end, we're left lethargic, tired, and hungry for something more. And what what made, mm. what caused that for me? Was I put that in the context of how um, how I'm noticing, or how how in general uh, in the context of relationships, we're constantly going to other people looking for them to fix us, or to be in a relationship yeah. because then we'll be okay. And so I think one of the things that that I don't I don't think we understand or recognize or know how to recognize that that's what we're doing, or know how to recognize that we're putting something on somebody else that they never, another person is never going to be able to do. So
8: how, what, what, what do we do? Like, how do we,
1: yeah. What do we do?
8: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. (laughs) That's a hard (laughs) one too. (laughs) What do we do? Because, you know, so often it, it comes to the point where, you know, so you're in a relationship with someone and you're doing that and you're putting all the pressure on them. Well, it's just going to come to a head, you know. I mean, it, it, I I've done a lot of premarital counseling. I've done a lot of weddings over the years, and I've I've um, I've done premarital counseling with young couples, and I can say what you just said, Winford, and and they'll say, oh yeah, 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 we understand that. That's fine. That's great. But five, ten years later, they come back to me and they say, wow, it's painful and we didn't know that life was going to be like this, relationships are going to be like this. So I there's no way to really avoid it. It's it's more about growing in self-awareness, um recognizing how you use other people. I mean, it that's embarrassing. That's that, that's shameful even in a sense to say that, you know, I in one way or another have um used my wife for the love that I need or to heal the wounds in my life, but sometimes you know, I've been married for for twenty three years now, and uh, we hit a wall in like year five or six, I think it was, where we started having to deal with stuff. And uh, I mean, that's that's, and that, it's been on for the last fifteen, eighteen years. We're still mm-hmm. struggling at this. Yeah. Wow. Thank so you for saying that. that. Is that is that
1: healthy? Is that healthy to to? When we say we're working, okay. I think, and maybe my, and maybe for me, mine is because I think, is there ever? How do we know when it's healthy, Liam? or when we're healthy, or when, yeah, what a healthy relationship looks like? Because I think that's part of the problem is most of us, because we grew up in the
8: dysfunctional space. How do we really yeah.
1: know what healthy relation, or if we're healthy enough to really be in a relationship?
8: Yeah. Well, that's what wholeheartedness is all about. It's it's, um, you know, it's. It's, being, it's coming to a place where you've experienced some sense of like who you are um, and you're not, your identity is not contingent on someone else, right? So that I can love someone else because I know who I am and there's a degree of self-love or, or maybe even there's a sense that, you know, God loves me so deeply that I don't need to use anyone else. I don't need to manipulate anyone else. I don't need to get it from anyone else. And so you're just free then. You're free you're free to love. Um, you're not enslaved to love, and so, and I don't, you know, I don't think that that's something that happens overnight. I think that that's something that we work at, and we fail at, and um, I think one of the reasons I'm a Christian, and and boy, you know, nowadays there there are a lot of reasons to, to say, you know, I I'm not entirely sure I want to be a Christian sometimes, but one of the reasons I'm still a Christian is because I believe that we're we're um we're sinful we're broken uh that we've got a lot of work to do and uh it just takes time to do that work and so that's where you know as friends we can give one another grace and so for you all as as friends i I assume of one another you know when you fail when you when you struggle you can give one another grace and i can give you grace and you can give me grace and in marriage that's so important i mean i often i do marriage conferences and I often say that marriage is the furnace of transformation. It's really where we, you know, it's not to say that you, you're not transformed when you're single, but there's a, 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 um, a really unique kind of transformation that happens in a marriage relationship where you see each other's stuff up close and personal. And it can be really painful, and it can be really beautiful. And that's what great relationships look like. They're painful, um, and they're beautiful.
4: Wow,
8: I guess it's a thin line between love and hate, huh? <laughs> I kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, so I I was gonna say, you know, I lived in I lived in San Francisco, and we often said that San Francisco is a beautiful and broken city. So if you're walking through the Tenderloin and you're stepping over uh, hypodermic needles and heroin addicts, um, it looks pretty broken, you know, but. um when you see restoration from addiction and when you sit with people in pain and when you see some of the beautiful um uh you know pictures of creation in the city you you see the beauty of it and that's that's my life that's your life that's 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 the city we live in um and i I guess that's it yeah there's that's been line that's a beautiful way of saying it
4: <laughs> well I do have another question so would you do you think that every you know, every person should seek counseling to help them sort out themselves to be healthy enough for a relationship? Or do you think there are people out there that just can handle this life on their own?
2: Wow. You guys ask good <laughs> questions. <laughs> <laughs> um,
8: I, you know, I, I want to believe that uh, people can. Um, it's not a, a matter of doing it on your own. It is a matter of doing it in community. But you know, we didn't have therapists as of like 100 years ago, 100 you know, 30 years ago. There wasn't this thing called therapist, and so somehow we got along. Um, mm-hmm. Somehow we did our work. And I, I really think, you know, I, I haven't given up on the church, and one of the reasons I haven't given up on the church is because I do believe that the church can be that kind of community. Uh, if it's vulnerable, if you can bring your whole self, I don't always think churches are like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think particularly in, in the white evangelical church, you've got to put on a false self, and you've got to dress the part, and look the part, and clean up and act the right way. So I, I get discouraged sometimes, but I want to believe that we don't all need therapy. We can we can do it in relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think?
4: Um, I think when the internet came into play, we all need therapy now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think technology
4: has moved us into a world where we all need some type of therapy.
2: <laughs> but no, I just think mm.
4: as the world gets as the world gets smaller, it's not like we're loving more. For some yeah. odd reason, the world smaller and it's like. Hate is rampant, or yeah, there's uh, not make a compassion is rampant, so
8: yeah, it
4: would be hard to heal as a community. It has to, you know, yeah, we need help, <laughs> we
8: need help, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're so much oversight, so cool, yeah, I think.
0: I'm sorry.
5: So um, I have a follow up, and I think it kind of aligns with what Kels was saying as far as needing counseling, um, especially with how how engrossed we are in social media. It, do you think, in everyone's effort, because there's so much in our face of, you know, coaching for this, life coach for that, be your better self. You know, there's it's yeah. in our face all the opportunities that we have to fix ourselves. Is there a point where you can help yourself out of being lovable? You know, wherever you can remove yourself from people to the point where you no longer have that thing that makes you open to love. I, I hope I said that correctly, but it's like we, we can go so much inside that we forget to cultivate that outside that allows us to yeah. What
8: we're learning um, Yeah, can, learn yeah. That's a good question too I mean I, You know In the psychological world We might call that A personality disorder When you go so inward That you're You're self-loving Like you're trying to get love In all sorts of ways That don't allow you To experience real intimacy And I think that That's really sad I mean we call this Narcissistic personality disorder Or borderline personality disorder, avoidant personality disorder, but they're all different ways of saying I'm no longer really capable of, of reaching out across the, the chasm and connecting with another person. And that's when people do need longer-term counseling. They do need focused care. But there's a lot of pain in the world, right? And, and we're feeling that today. We're feeling the trauma today. And some people just, as you just said, they go inside, and they self-soothe, and they meet their own needs. Uh, this is what addiction does to us as well. And so we become curved in on ourselves in such a way that we're really not capable of love anymore. And this can happen in the church. This can happen outside of the church. Uh, yeah. Okay.
4: Well, I have another question. This is coming from one of our live viewers. and And yeah. um, she said, does he think it's important to foster the, those relationships that we can be our authentic self, unapologetically, unapologetic, but still hold you accountable. So I'm thinking any yeah. type of, of relationship that – maybe friendship, maybe not exactly romantic relationship, Okay.
8: Yeah, so the question is, can we have a relationship where we can be our whole selves and be accountable to one another? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the ideal. That's my hope: is that we that we're capable of relationships where we can show up, and uh, you know, ideally, this is a this would be a marital relationship. This would be a good friend. This would be an intimate partner, but where we can show up without shame as our whole selves, and yet the other person has the freedom to be able to say, you know, I long for more from you, or I, I you hurt me in this way, or you hurt me in that way. And I think that when you're healthy, I mean, Winfred, we were talking about this in class today, when you're differentiated, mm-hmm. when you've done your work, mm-hmm. you, you're able to receive – you're actually able to receive criticism and challenges you know. so that when, when someone comes up to me and says, Chuck, what you said today uh, at the seminary hurt me, and I want to share something about that, that I don't have to cower in a corner, but I can say, yeah, please share that with me because I have more growing to do. And uh, maybe as, as one of you were saying, I mean, social media is really shutting down the possibility of hearing one another in those ways. And um, I'm a believer in social media. I'm on it. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. But I think that in some ways we're becoming very lazy in our capacity to relate well and healthily. And um, it's that's that's really sad. And you see it, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, but I think you see it coming straight from... The president, when he uses Twitter as a platform to insult, and uh, I just mm-hmm. don't think that that's very healthy, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Not,
8: and you're not offending okay. us.
2: <laughs> no one. <laughs> yeah, I could say more
8: about that if you need me to. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: you. You gain a lot of fans that way. You'll gain a lot of fans that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So in an, in another uh, another one of my favorite uh, parts, you talked about the, you talked it talked about the divided life, and yeah. kind of how how that makes connecting it's kind of what I look um, very very um, difficult. Um, talk can you talk a little bit about about that and yeah and how that affects us? Yeah, the
8: divided life. Well that really gets at, uh, if if you're listening tonight and you do share Christian faith, I mean, we've got this story that many people are familiar with about Adam and Eve and taking the fruit and going, going into a place where they had to hide from God. And I think, in a way, Adam and Eve hid, and we've all been hiding ever since. And I think that's what I kind of mean by the divided life. It's like there's a part of us that shows up at church, and we're put together, and we're smiling, and everything's good, and then when we get home, we climb into bed, and we pull the covers over our head, and we don't want anyone to see that part of us, and so we're hiding, and you know, my hope is that we would, we would form relationships with one another uh, in our daily lives, and at work, and in the church that allow us to be more and more known to one another, more and more vulnerable, I don't mean in a way that might not be safe or uh, or or, uh, or comfortable for us, but I, I simply mean finding, you know, one or two or three people in your life who really know you and telling your whole story, sharing your secret. And I think there's just something about that that's so important to do.
5: Yeah. I, know the three, I yeah. totally agree with that. <laughs> person for each other so I know for us we totally see the value in having people that person that you can go to and be your yeah. Whole
8: self. yeah
1: mhm yeah. absolutely yeah okay well, so yeah. My, my time I told you I was going to keep you thirty minutes um and so are there any other final thoughts or words you want to share with our audience? Wow! Um, <laughs> besides, besides well, go buy his book, which he's not going
8: to say. I'm going to say it. Go buy his book, wholeheartedly. Buy His book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. uh, well, you know, we we started off by talking about how we we push and we push and we push, and uh, I mean, I I work I've worked uh, I've lived and worked in Chicago, Orlando, San Francisco, and now West Michigan, and people people are I I think I've seen people from a variety of backgrounds, diverse backgrounds, but in one sense we're all fundamentally the same, and that's that we will push and push and push and achieve and achieve and achieve to feel worthy. And it's almost like we get on this hamster wheel and we're spinning and we're spinning and we're spinning. And at some point we have to get off. And so I guess I'd say whether, you know, whether you're sitting at home tonight and you're lonely or, You know, whether you're with some friends and you're listening um, or, you know, whether you're feeling pretty good about yourself, take a look at your life and how you get your sense of enoughness, how you get your sense of worthiness. Um, Is it because you're climbing some sort of ladder up to the top hoping that some, you know, know, like in my world, uh, you know, if you get your master's degree and you get your Ph.D., somehow you've made it or, you know, you win the award and you've made it or you've got the most friends and you've made it. And I just want to say, you know, that's a, that's a lie. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't get educated um, or keep striving, but there's a lie in that. And the sooner we recognize the lie in that and we become comfortable with who we are unedited, um, I think the sooner some of this polarization begins to diminish and we, uh, we become one as, as, we, uh, as Jesus longed for us to be. And that's my hope.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well we thank you for your time. I appreciate you uh for coming on yeah. tonight. Um I have yeah. I am putting the for those who are interested, um I am putting the um link to the book on my page. Again, I'm right. reading wholeheartedness and I'm reading the devotion your uh devot- devotional. Both are awesome uh reads. So what about a book, yeah? It's it's, it's 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 definitely worth the money um and definitely yeah good yeah. Inf- good
8: solid information so we definitely appreciate you. Yeah. Well thanks Winford. You get an A in class.
0: And you
8: know,
1: even though I, I tell even I tell you even though I sit in the back, I actually I tell everybody any every time I leave that class I wanna go somewhere and cry. And uh, yeah, and it's it's a good cry because it's like a, I'm mentally and emotionally exhausted because yeah, because we're yeah. digging and that's and that's good and that's necessary yeah. especially when we are in a in a uh, context where we're seeing pastors, presidents, congressmen, business leaders all fall to you know yeah. To, to yeah when, when people find out who they really are then all of a sudden it's like you know and I don't I was I said it before I I grew up in a, a PK house.
8: I refuse to ever live fake. So Yeah. I from, love that about you. I love that about you. Well let's have lunch sometime soon, okay? Definitely. Okay. Hey thanks everyone. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, you. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Bye bye. Good night. That, was good.
2: Oh, that was good. All right, guys. That was
1: good. Yeah, I just posted the link, guys. So if you um, have not, if you if you're interested in picking up the book, um, I just put the link on my page, and I'm putting it on the uh, live now, the live feed as well, so we can go there. So um, we're gonna go to our next song. Um, oh, sorry, Q. Go ahead. I apologize. I'm just talking. <laughs>
5: uh, ooh, damn. So the next song of the night is uh, Chris Brown by Detroit Kill Beach. Let go.
2: Hey.
0: That (laughs) is my jam,
4: that is a good way to bring us right on into our little hot topic tonight
0: And
4: (laughs) (laughs) this topic, y'all, in the group today, it, it just, it lit my whole world up and I share a link really, to the post really, on really. my live. So y'all find that link and click it so you can see this table. So it's a picture of this broken table, and it says the table that men want you to bring something to. And when I tell you something came over me, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to blow this up and try to show y'all all my live like. This is the table. Can I get there? This is what the table looked like.
1: So, this petrified wood <laughs> table. It's terrible. Y'all ain't seen I'm gonna show, if y'all love my life, let me show y'all this. I'm going to show y'all this table too this is crazy.
4: Please show the table. And so, I'm going to go. Let me get back to the post.
1: And basically, you know,
4: it started out <laughs> being funny. And um, when you see this table and it has splinters and and (laughs) all that on it, and I'm just like, you know what? That's real. A man will have a table looking like this and then expect you to be bringing something to it. Like, who is (laughs) trying to get splinters in their thighs from sitting at your raggedy table, but then you asking me to bring something to it? Like, the only thing we need to bring to this table is uh, some sandpaper or a a match, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to this table, but um, I mean, it's still a valid question of, you know, what do we bring to the table? And is our table even up the park, but if your table looking like this. Then you need to sit down somewhere else, not on the table. Sit down on the ground if your table is <laughs> looking like this. Mm. But <laughs> I want to add, Uh, I got to, I go to Q first. Um. Uh, you know, what's your take on this whole argument about bringing something to the table? And definitely give your jokes about this ready table on it. Okay. Because <laughs> oh. their table is terrible. Um, if you have, hold on. If you have a one liner about this <Süßes> table, call in or post it on the live because I'm going to read <laughs>
2: Please comment.
4: <laughs>
5: And I I hate that on the way that the live is set up in the group, I can't, like, pin stuff and share pictures and gifts. But, y'all, if you are watching with me, it is the post directly below the live. So, like, go real quick and then come back. Like, leave the live real fast and then come right back so you can see this picture. And then please, please, please drop your petty comments. But, um, so I, as balanced as I like to be, um, in my thought process as far as relationships are concerned, I can say that, petty aside, in just the conversations that I've had with the women that I associate with, because, you know, we are always really, really quick. Thank you, Kale. Shout out to Kale for dropping the pick on the, on, the, on the live. Just love you for that. <laughs> um, but for the, the, you know, we always want to differentiate, oh, not my girl. Oh, I don't do that. Oh, that's not me. surround myself with an amazing caliber of men and women. And I can say that in knowing these men and women, because we all know I've been married for 11 years now, I can hear the frustrations that both of them share in this proverbial table. But since we're talking mm-hmm. about the men folk on this fine Tuesday evening, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick to the topic and uh, not do my usual. You
1: want to stick to the topic tonight? Uh, okay, I got you. Yeah, you,
2: you me, the 50 <laughs> God, I'm, I'm
5: going to give me 51 other Tuesdays the year to be balanced. Today I'm going with the ladies on this one. You give me all the other Tuesdays. <laughs> today I get to go with the ladies. So as far as this table is concerned, <laughs> mm. yes. And there have been there's been a lot of mis- there's been a lot of confusion as far as exactly what should be brought to the table from the word go. And initially, it was we bring the home to the table, we bring the taking care of the house, the children, the warm and fuzzy of life. That was what we were told we were supposed to do. Then we decided we wanted to do more than just warm and fuzzy and taking care of children. Then we wanted to get out there and get our feet wet into the working world and, and be independent and, and do all of this. So then, now, <laughs> we must bring our own table with lease that now has to connect to his table, and now we sit at the full buffet-style table together, which, in theory, sounds amazing because, more room at the table for everyone to have this wonderful buffet-style meal. However, that is not often the reality that we are facing when it's time to pull up our chairs to this said table. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> it's not live, sugar. You may not be in this group, but it happens, honey. <laughs> okay? I'm not, i I'll, I'll just have to let y'all know. It happens. There are tables that look just like this, and there are fellas on the ground, there are fellas on the books that are trying to push, Table like it's your same and it's not, it's not. And I to back to that table,
4: table. yeah, because you can't pull no chair up to that table. Because if you know how you grab the <laughs> table to try to scoot in, like you taking everything with you, like, <laughs> <laughs>
5: like somebody hump smashed this table, yo, like this is a battered women's table, <laughs>
0: this is a terrible table, <laughs> this table is terrible. <laughs> Look,
4: somebody said, throw that table away. <laughs> kill, kill said that table that's the table Jesus prepared for mine enemies.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. We got we <laughs> gotta, gotta call it. Let's go, oh, let's go.
1: go ahead and take this call. It. We gotta go call it. And remember guys, if you have a if at any point you have a question or comment, especially guys, because they try they're gonna try to get me on this one. Give us a call. The number again is nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four. And press the number one to let us know you got a question or comment. Nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four. Especially guys. Y'all believe me, I hit by myself. All right. So call it eight one seven eight, you're on the airline. What's your question or comment?
9: Caller eight one seven eight, you are on the air live. What's your question or your comment? Oh, I'm sorry. Is this is this me? Yes. Yeah, sir. Okay. I was just making sure. I wanted to be very, 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 very clear and making sure I was on what you win.
2: You are on. Winfred,
9: it. it's been a very long time. It's been a very long time. I haven't seen you in a very long time. till your dad, I said uh, best wishes all. Oh, I definitely my wish. God, I, I, miss definitely hell- I miss y'all so much. But uh, I will say this, okay? I have three major points to make. In regard to that table, yeah, it may have been a very crappy table, but how many other brothers are even bringing you to a table to even converse at? How many people are actually sitting here thinking to themselves that everything has to be so glorified in a position that it seems like the right move for you to make that means that you're not trying to bring nothing to even build that table up. How many of you, ladies, are actually have this mentality in your head to say this one thing? I want to be great enough to stay with, not good enough to lay with. How many of you all have it in yourself, men and women, to understand that you need to sit back and get out of your feelings as far as what you think you should have? From a man or a woman, and understand that you need to get to know that person first before you design the bed that you want to lay in. If I may, been married for 12 years, four kids. Winfred, I love you. I watch you all the time. I just pop in and out just to make certain things. But on a stronger, more surreal note, I need a lot of us to understand that because someone shows you something does not mean that they have your best intentions at heart. Materialistic people have materialistic thoughts, materialistic dreams, and materialistic feelings. So if you concede to someone that is a materialistic person, what does that make you, ladies and gentlemen? And I will conclude with that. Thank you, Winfrey, for your time. I right, appreciate you for calling in, man. Good to hear from
4: you. Um, Yeah, I have some answers to the caller. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a couple people on my live said that it's not glorified, but, you know, when you see a table like that, it's like they're not maintaining uh, can you at least patch it up and present it to somebody you can't come say help me build my table up and I'm looking at it like what have you done to the table if you gonna tow your table up don't don't expect someone to come and just automatically jump in the womb to help build your table up but yeah that um, you know I'm glad someone did bring it up to say that's materialistic but
1: no the, re- the
4: realism being a realist yeah your table needs to be looking like something if you want to bring somebody to it. Because I'm not, right. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna bring my dish to that table for it to slide off and start a forest fire. to bring they crock uh-huh. pot <laughs> that's, that's to a
7: table with a board? <laughs> <laughs> right. so let me. Okay. So, this table. Right, so let me. This table is right, a death so, trap.
1: All right, so let's go. All right, so look. All right. Hold
2: on. All
1: right, so look. Let me think this. First of all. So this goes back to this. This goes back to me about because we had this this almost cuss um, this video <laughs> yesterday. Somebody somebody also put in in this Derek Jackson video, and to me this kind of is in line with that same concept that uh, that he's talking about, which is mm-hmm. that if a if a man doesn't have his money together or doesn't have, you know, in a a certain place financially, then he should not be, you know, he should not um, be trying to date or he shouldn't be trying to be in a relationship. And so this, to me, this is kind of in that same genre of thought. Uh, and And I start by saying, I actually agree that as a man, you want to have some level of direction, some level of vision. You want to have, you know, especially at our age, like you should know kind of why you're here. You shouldn't be trying to figure certain things out, and if you are, you still should. You know, you should be working. You should be able to feed yourself, stuff like that. Where I, what, what I'm concerned with, and what this particular picture, where where it bothers me, is it almost puts a financial um, value. On a man, and let me pause by saying this: I, I also know that this is not just about money, as, as Teresa just just says that in my life. Thank you. I also right. understand that <laughs> right. it's about money. I'm not I'm not saying this about money. What I'm saying is is that when things like this are discussed, they're discussed in the context of money, and when when it's not, and so as a man. When we see and hear this in the, we automatically assume, just like a lot of ladies do, when we talk about other things, assume that we're talking about something else, that we're not looking at the fact to say, "Listen, as a man, you're for something else." So if this, this table represents, if this table represents a man who is emotionally who is spiritually healthy, who is emotionally healthy who um can secure you if you are a person of faith who can pray for you, can lead you those areas. Now if we're saying that all his entire life looks like that table, then yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and say, Bro, you need to, you know, kinda go somewhere, go read Chuck's book and sit down. But if you're just saying that because you can't um because you can't you don't have you, you know, you're not making six figures, you should you shouldn't be dating, then I'm gonna say Going, that, that that's, that's a load of crap And so that's, that's where I think This discussion gets convoluted Is because, and I was just having this conversation The other day, and I think that for us It's very difficult for us As men to hear something like this And not translate it to money Because number one, we're typically talking that That's where our value is, and number two a Society would have you believe That if you're not doing certain things financially That that's what you need So I'm saying that we have to be honest And say, listen, as a woman I don't necessarily need you to make six figures. But what I do need, and fellas, I think we need to also understand, is that what they do need is they do need emotional support. They do need, you know, a a partner. They do need somebody who's going to be present and not one. They do need somebody who's not going to just want to have sex with them and not talk to them and not want to know deeper things about them. That's what I think. What I think. Go ahead, Keith. Cause I, I, yeah. I, um, go I got <laughs> you <know>, it. <laughs> pre- y'all ain't gonna y'all ain't gonna see me tonight.
3: Yeah,
4: I'm just saying, now nah, you guys with the turn this else. Come on, Q.
1: Right,
5: Listen, you on. ain't gonna
3: get you ain't
2: I'm gonna, gonna get me
5: tonight. Where
2: else? No. I'm
8: holding that <laughs> for
5: dollars. Dollars, I got you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you had that. That was a good. That was a good look, and I'm glad that you were at least willing to uh, to accept that it is more than financial and realize that. <laughs> And I can accept that, yes, men have men see this and immediately think finance, whereas if we were to flip it and there was some other supermodel or something to that effect and then, you know, they say they want this but then they look like this. If some type of other comparison type of image mm-hmm. would have been there, it would have been, it would have been equally frustrating and these would have been reverse comments. Um, I think the whole having to dismiss the need for a six-figure man I think we as people now have to, I think, fellas, let's come into reality. This is me as a woman telling you as men that the average woman is not disqualifying brothers because he does not make six figures. They post it because it sounds cute, and it makes us appeal, appear as though our standards are so much higher than the chick who's dealing with the $30,000-a-year man who's getting loved, to her eyes cross, and she's blissfully flipping through Walmart and doing her thug dizzle and not worried about us, that is what the average woman is after. That's what the bad bitches are after. That's what the dime, that's what the tough. Every woman' goal is to be loved, to be loved mm-hmm. unequivocally, without question, without boundaries. There's no limit to what her man will do for her. And if that man is willing to go to the ends of the earth for her, <clears throat> And willing to put forth the effort to provide. Now, she's got to be rooted right. Now, there's some women that are not rooted right, and no matter what you do, you just going to find this mm-hmm. chick, this ain't for you. That's for anybody. Mm-hmm. That's women got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Men have to deal with that. I'm never going to sit up here and say all of us are dipped in gold and are, are ready for everybody. Like, that's just not ever what Q was going to tell you. But what I'm telling you is to dismiss women. As a whole, women today, as a whole, only wanting six figures, 15 cars, nine rooms, and all that is some BS, and it is for social media, and get to know these real-life women and see through that. Because those same Mm -hmm. women who say they want X, Y, Z things are those same women who are loving, sharing, going googly-eyed and crazy over the mushy posts with the dude who's giving his last and doing his last little corny joke and doing the, the 7-Eleven flowers down the hallway. Oh, it's about, it's about the that Don't so miss me with the y'all only want a six-figure dude, because that is not the truth, and think deeper than that. Critical thinking in 2018, Scoop Nation. So, like, that's my end, that's my little pin on that. Stop using that as an excuse to not get to know women, because you assume that all women only want what Real Housewives have told y'all that women want. That's not the truth. So
4: and, that's only oh, Go ahead. Yeah. Go
5: ahead, you
4: ain't meeting no, ain't, Everybody ain't meeting the type of women that's going to be out there talking about they want all this right. extra. Exactly. Most women just exactly. think, please meet my, please match my hustle. Exactly. That's like, uh, yes. taste it on my life. That's all most of us all, has ever said. So, I the, and the table, just to go back to Winford, when he was trying to take that table to another place, the table, <laughs> most of us, were with the, people,
2: the table that. represented
4: the, represented the man that. and that. to me and his, it represented him and his totality. So, because mm-hmm. when we talk about what we bring to the table, we're not talking about vis a, an actual table. We're talking about, in, you know, uh, uh, essence of what you bring into the relationship, period. So, yeah, that is a metaphorical table. That is a metaphor for the type of men that that table represents. Broken with splinters. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's how I see it. And it just seems like men, because we you know it's kind of uneven, or we think it's uneven in the dating world. We think I mean, there's so many women out here and not enough elig- eligible men that, yeah, it's men. Y'all don't know, because y'all, y'all, don't, y'all don't live. Where well, we live, with where well, we're single women, mm-hmm. that there there are men that look like this table that will run you. You know what I mean? Try to run you or try to think you are supposed to bring so much to the table.
2: They're They're they don't like you cool. You right. cool on that table, right? So, but that's
1: just my <laughs> question. Let me let me let me ask you. I have I have a question. Here. So, okay. if if there are these meta, meta, metaphor, metaphorical men who look like this table. My question to to you all as ladies is if once you recognize that this is what he looks like, why not quickly walk away? And I'm not and, and please let me let me say this. I am not dislecting to say that men don't have have any type of work that we can do a responsibility. But my thing is mm-hmm. what I what I recognize is that I see so many uh ladies who will see a man like this and do one or two things. Either y'all go to um y'all can go to Home Depot and try to put and try to put Humpty Dumpty back together or <laughs> or and then in, in the process of doing that will completely wear yourself out, become emotionally bankrupt, financially ruin your credit, trying to fix him knowing he can't or yeah. and then y'all will be mad at the rest of us. Or or what you'll do is you will put yourself in a position where you just basically hate, you know, or you start looking at all men from the perspective of what this man does. So, how is it? Why why, why continue to put yourself through that? If you see this, that's what he's like. Why not just like hurry up and leave and save your, you know, save your emotions and your money <clears throat> and your time?
4: I think that most – because, you know, men, y'all don't, wear, y'all don't wear everything up front. Y'all don't wear your emotions, your finances, anything up front all the time. So just depends on someone who may try to fix – there was a couple of women on there who wanted to fix the table, so that may be something they like to do. They might be handy women and need to fix something. But i tell you what, if I see a table look like this or anything resembling this table, I'm running for the hills.
0: I'm yep. thinking like,
4: – you know <laughs> We get get a nod. <laughs> yeah,
5: I think that you age out of wanting to rebuild tables. I really think mm-hmm. and to answer your question, where depending on what age range of women or what experience level of women you ask, some women will flat mm-hmm. out say, "I'm not sitting around and waiting on him to figure out another that, like an older woman who has created a career, who's done something for herself who's who's built a table or two on her own or with someone else and knows what building a table takes and looks like, you're not going to have to, there is no negotiation with that woman if your table is up to par. She's going to let you know and tell you what your code inspection changes need to be, and she's going to move on. You know what I'm saying? But if there is younger women feel as though we're figuring it out, you're figuring it out, let's figure it out together. And if, if, if our hearts are in the right places and, you know, we want everything all bright eyed and bushy tailed and we skip off into the war, into the sunset together but it does not always happen that way so when you get to a certain age where you really have something to bring to the table hell no, I'm not going to let it fall through to the floor because you're still figuring out how to put your, your legs together no, and I don't really think that anyone, male or female should feel ashamed or feel some type of way because their table built better than the next and the other person with the not so built table should have something to back up the need for your assistance in helping build that table. That's why I think it was bigger than just the money. Like, you got to have all that other stuff, you gotta have, and that's anything with anybody. If you are lacking in one thing, you best have something else to back that thing up, to make it worth my while to stay there. And that is often the inside stuff that we got to dig and build and pull and fight to get to to even make worth it. And then it's, oh, y'all giving up on the brother. Y'all giving up on the
2: brookers.
5: That's what we say. I guess we don't want to be giving up on the whole damn race
2: man. All right, I'm done. Let me get to simply, But that's
0: just my thought on that. Well, on that note, we're going to move
4: on to the next zone. And um, my topic was brought to you by Curvy Kitten, where self-reflection is perfection. This is, thank
0: I lost your title.
4: Dear uh Dear R and B by Raya Day. Hey. hey.
5: Just fine, chill for this evening. (laughs) I'm here for that (laughs) R&B All right, so I know we have a couple new listeners on the live and on the line on this evening, so for those of you who are new to Scoop Nation and what we do on Tuesdays, this Tuesday is our Firestarter Tuesdays with Passion Talk uh, with Cicely Victoria, and Cicely is our resident light that thing up. She comes in, she gets our life right, <laughs> she makes us think deep, 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 deep down. And we go back until the next time and come back feeling like better up. So I am so here for Cicely. I have been looking forward to it, especially after the Monday that I had. So hey sugar, give it to us. We're talking about what we have to we have to feel we have to feel this evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How you doing, sugar?
10: Hey Cuda. How are we doing? <laughs>
2: Right, what's like.
10: up, My Scoop Squad? What up, kids? How we doing? What's up, Winifred? How we doing? Hey, up, yeah, we doing? hey Scoop Nation. Okay. How y'all doing? Love. It's been a long day. Okay. Y'all was, um... I, you know, and unfortunately, I got to go back and listen because y'all had some good stuff on today, and I wasn't able to listen because I had another meeting. But uh, I got—I was able to catch a little bit of the uh, hot topic, and man, mm-hmm. that was—that was pretty juicy. So I <laughs> started out by saying, "Let me tell you what I want." No. Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to introduce myself as Cicely
10: Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. My business is to help train and equip people to find their voice of identity so they can stop people-pleasing and be empowered, encourage confidence and communication. I am a certified professional coach, i counselor as well, you guys. I am the queen of empowerment and I set people's lives on fire for a living and that's why they call me the Fire starter. Welcome to <laughs> Passion Talk where we give you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. Let's get it, because I'm ready to eat. Okay, so sometimes you have to feel what you're feeling. Sometimes you have to feel what you're feeling. So just in the spirit of, uh, you know, we we're talking about a lot of relational things today, and earlier I know we were talking about healthy relationships, so I just want to, Add something to the pot um, that I hope will be a benefit to you and add value. So there is a way to give feedback more effectively, not only to others, but to yourself. Okay, so we're going to take a little introspection. First, let me give a disclaimer. Man, you guys, there is so much uh, in this content that spear off into so many other <laughs> discussions so I'm really going to try to stay focused on the the time that I have but it's just so much um it's so meaty and I can't exhaust it in 15 minutes but I just pray that you would capture um that which is meant for you so this there is always um a way to give feedback more effectively not only to others but to yourself this is also a way to become more healthy for relationships there's a quote that says i can accept failure um, everyone fails at something, but I cannot accept not trying. And that was Michael Jordan who said that. So listen, um, the content is discussing how you cannot, for today, how you cannot protect yourself from failure or feeling of failure or pain by not attempting at anything. Okay? So sometimes you have to feel where you are feeling um, a person who lives in that protective shell of disengagement is inevitably going to be affected by what's called arrested development um, means in in short where you're stunted at uh, a certain age where you just stopped growing. Okay. Um, and it could be in uh, various capacities, but if you uh, select a disengagement at a certain place in life, maybe due to hurt pain or trauma, Inadvertently, if you opt into the disengagement, you will, by default, begin to activate arrested development, meaning that you're going to numb yourself to feeling anything because you shielded yourself from exploration and opportunity. Now, doing that, in turn, will lead to other dysfunctions, such as paranoia, panic, and anxiety, Um, unnecessarily, you know? Um, So... It, meaning that if you want to keep yourself from um, having un inadvertent, unnecessarily uh, unnecessary, unreal um, occurrences that, you know, may be self-induced, then you have to have an opportunity to risk more. And we've spoken about this in other contexts as well. I read this quote in a magazine that says to wander more, wonder less. And I really loved it. Um, we are usually prone to wander more and wander less, aren't we? We typically have the spirit of the skeptic, okay, especially those who have been through a thing or two. Uh, I heard, you know, Q talking about, hey, depending on the age of the woman, will equally determine the amount of crap that she is willing to put up with. Okay, can I get a witness? All right, so this is true, okay, this is true. So, you know, and also those who have, you know, and I hate to say, but, you know, blacks you know, no shade to anybody of a different hue. But those of the African American persuasion, we've been through a thing or two, okay, and so unfortunately culture in this is a you know, aside, culture has trained us to have um um a self induced and also a kind of like subconscious spirit of a skeptic. Like um, you know, seeing everyone through the lens, you know, of a traitor or of uh, someone who does not have your best interest, okay? So we need to deal with that, right? And, of course, that has many layers upon it. It didn't start with you. It definitely won't end with you. But we need to be honest about how culture and society and even slavery has done us a disservice ancestrally and coming up in the way and how we engage in our society and how we engage in the world. And I'm not discounting that some of it may be true. Racism is a very real thing, you know, and all of that. But nevertheless, we have to do our own personal best and individual um, responsibility in making sure that we don't treat everyone as if they have an angle, okay? Everyone doesn't have an angle some do but all don't all right and that's for the the uh, ladies and men you know as we have that hot topic discussion as well right so men all women don't have that angle right some do but all don't okay so you know as you mentioned you can breathe easy with that okay that is a, that's an exception that's not a rule so um, that was a bonus, okay? The rest you got to pay for. Okay, so I really love the quote, wander more, wander less. Let's go back there. Um, because it gives one the opportunity to explore possibilities and not pronounce judgment on what is not even been attempted, okay? Um, so I, I say that you don't have a right. You, you don't have a license. Um, to be able to pronounce judgment on something if it's not even attempted. Um, Now, there, understandably, is a risk in exploration always there, and I'm not suggesting that you throw wisdom to the wind in anything, but for many of us who have been impacted by a letdown, a disappointment, trauma, et cetera, we can be equally prone to attempting at less and less over time. We need to be honest with that, okay, due to not wanting to experience the feelings that came with not having a quote-unquote victory. I want to talk about that word victory for a moment. I think that our definition of victory is very perspective-based as far as I'm concerned. How I looked at victory is based on how you see it. So it's up to the perception of the individual to determine what you will call it, not according to what you might have desired it to look like but maybe the victory was having the experience within itself, okay? So it's all about perception. And so if we have a limited, small perception, we may say, like, okay, well, if it didn't yield this or if it didn't end up in that, then I call it a failure. Then I call it, you know what I'm saying, less of a victory, Well, that's not necessarily the truth, okay? So it's based on your perception and your perspective and how you call it, what you say that it is, because nobody can determine that but you. I tell my clients all the time, just because it's a fact doesn't make it truth, okay? Just because it's a fact doesn't make it truth. So you really need to learn how to distinguish and separate your facts from your truth. Your truth is what you decide it will be. Facts are facts, okay? That's hard evidence, right? That's hard data. But truth is your soft data, if you will, and that is really what you will live from um, majoritively. It's your belief system. It's your values. It's your your internalization. It's your perception. Your truth is what you say it will be. So never forget that. It reminds me of a quote, that discussion, um, that says, it's better to have loved and lost. Than never to have loved at all. You all are familiar with that quote, right? So now, mm-hmm. I know for many that quote may provoke discomfort, okay, even all outrage for some. <laughs> but after all, who in there? Because after all, who in their right mind would want to lose something they've loved, right? Makes total sense. No one would. But in my now maturation of thinking, okay, I've come to a different assessment. I understand that every opportunity that I currently experience prepares me and equips me for something else. I can only say that in confidence now due to the intentional life that I now live, which, I, which means I don't allow accidental anything to try to end it out of my life. And that's why I can now say that every encounter matters. And you can say the same. If you are an individual who lives very intentionally, you know that you live a life in purpose and on purpose you know that you know your relationships and especially the intimate ones they're not they're not casual they're not just because okay you have purpose behind them you don't just allow people to just be around, okay, and in your space and take up your time and energy and air, all right? You don't live like that. So if you are that type of intentional individual, then you have a right also to that maturation of thinking to know that every encounter matters. Every experience matters, okay? Every engagement matters. I tell my clients that there is no such thing as waste in life. There's no such thing as waste in life. Okay, and I, I want you to say lie on that. I really want you to pause and think about that, okay, let that thing down. All things are relevant in your life, everyone, to be used for building blocks and lessons learned as a contributing piece of a much larger puzzle. I believe each experience you have is designed specifically for you. Therefore, there is no accident or no mistake. One of my biggest pet peeves is feeling that my time has been misused or wasted, yet I have decided that I will lose 100% of the attempts that I'll never take, and you will too. You have to decide that you will lose 100% of the attempts that you'll never take. So how will you defeat the feelings of resistance from within, fire starter? Okay? How do I deal with the feelings of resistance? All right, thank you for asking. I will answer. You will press into them. (laughs) Okay. You press into the feelings of resistance. You buy into them. You buy into the hurt. You buy into the pain. You buy into uncertainty, possibility of failure, quote unquote. Feelings. Allow yourself to feel because it's humane to do so. I know. Don't curse me out, okay? Y'all probably curse me out over the live, all right? Woman, are you crazy? Okay, I know. (laughs) Okay, I get it. But it's the only way that you overcome. You have to buy into it. So, you. So be human, okay? Sometimes you have to feel what you're feeling. It's humane to feel the ways that you're feeling. Not to be overcome or overwhelmed with your feelings. Please hear me. Because you don't want to be overcome or overwhelmed with your feelings, but you don't want to numb yourself either. Okay? So both are pretty dysfunctional. I want you to be able to cry when you need to cry. Express yourself and communicate so you won't break down from the inside because feelings don't just evaporate when you ignore them. Trust that they do go somewhere, okay, and they, you will reap a harvest of it. So you want to acknowledge them and you want to honor them in the proper way. But when you honor your feelings, to capitalize efficiently on the experience, please, I urge you, you must do it in an intelligent fashion. Please do it in an intelligent fashion. What is not an intelligent fashion? Do not attempt to honor your feelings on a social media platform. That provides an abundant opportunity to reinforce dysfunction. It's the reason why many people can't heal properly, talking about healthy, becoming healthy for relationships. It's the reason why people can't heal properly for better relationships because we trust the most sacred parts of ourselves with people that can't help you. People on social media, unless they're, they're your most intimate friends, which means that you should be talking to them in a private conversation on the phone anyway. They can't help you. So do not trust them with the most sacred part of yourself. When you choose to feel, all Firestarter asks is that you choose to be grown about it. Now, listen, your life work is this. Let's learn from Richard Branson, who said if somebody offers you amazing, an amazing opportunity, I'm going to enter favorable or unfavorable, okay? Because it's all about perception, right? Amazing opportunity can be unfavorable for you, but it's still an opportunity. He says, if somebody offers you this opportunity but you're not sure you can do it, say yes and then learn how to do it later. Hmm. This opens you up, okay, to wander more, wander less, right? Because awesome opportunities, ladies and gentlemen, come around in life, uh, you know, few, few and far between, right, as we all know. Favorable or unfavorable, okay? Oh, my goodness, there's so much perception in that. So please don't ever equate awesome to necessarily being good, okay? Something can be unfavorable, what you look like unfavorable to you, and still be an awesome opportunity. So I want you to do your life work in that regard. Okay, and I think that it will help you in the long run to be better and more equipped to be healthy for better relationships and to know how to properly feel what you're feeling. Mm
1: -hmm.
10: Questions, comments, or concerns?
1: I'm gonna need you to send me all of them notes because there's a whole lot of <laughs> stuff that I, I get to write that. I, I get tight. It's was, a you lot. It's very you meaty. Said, you, said, you said specifically, somebody at that you said it's not the part about truth. Richard truth, Branson? Not, fact, no, no, earlier on you said something no. about truth and facts. What was, what was oh, that? Oh, yes. For you?
10: Okay. Just because it's facts doesn't make it true. Just because it's a fact doesn't make it true.
2: And
5: facts are hard facts, hard data. Your truth are is soft data, and how
10: it is your software?
5: And That's
2: we all know the software.
10: Fact. The the software <clears throat> is what matters the most. What'd you say?
1: You said facts are hard data and truth is software. That's your software. Yes. Got because
10: it. you de- you determine what it's going to be. You determine what your software is. The hardware is your phone. The software are your apps.
2: Uh-huh. You determine
10: what apps go on your phone.
1: Got based it. on what
10: your truth is. Yeah? It's customized.
1: Got
5: right. it. Send me
2: the notes. All right. <laughs> We're good? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, you guys
5: know I
10: love you to life so much. Oh, my goodness. This has been Passion Talk, uh, where we give you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. This is your girl, Susie Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International, the fireside because I set your life on fire for a Thank you again yes. for allowing me <laughs> to give you another segment. Okay, it's always my pleasure. Until next time, stay perfect, purpose, stay in power, staying passionate, passion, and stay on fire. Mwah. I love
2: you. you.
1: And ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to connect more with Sicily then you can go to her website uh and connect with her at Cicely dot And y'all can hire her too and pay her if she don't work for free. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Check <laughs> out where she at. I got you. <laughs> Amen. I got you. I got you. Pay her. Running run her money. I thought that in my Shonda. e Okay, Make it rain for the
5: fire starter. Make it rain for the fire starter, guys.
1: Right.
2: right.
1: <laughs> yeah, go to her website. Oh, yeah. This is Detroit.com.
2: All right. Thank <laughs> you, ma'am.
1: We appreciate you, as always. All right, guys. Five. Let's check it. close this show out. Kels, you up first.
2: Um, well, what yeah. uh,
4: great show, I had a lot of fun with the hot topic tonight. Uh, be on the lookout for uh, the next thing from Curvy Kitten is the uh, youth conference hosted by Cuddle Kittens for the youth, young girls from 7 to 12. That is happening April 21st. Uh, tickets are at Ticketmaster. Just search, um, you search Curvy Kitten or Cuddle Kitten, and um, yeah, be productive, have a productive week.
2: All
4: right. Um,
5: so I want to use my little few moments on this week to shout out um the music scene in Oklahoma City from this past weekend. Um, I was able to my husband is a music producer and he competed in a competition here in Oklahoma City, having a midtown, um, hosted by Chris McCoy. I was in a room where the energy was electric. And um, it was just shout-out to our community and still keeping our art alive and keeping positivity, positivity moving, collaboration moving. Shout-out to my husband who won this wonderful competition. But um, just to everyone who came out and competed, yeah. it was, like, it was amazing. Yeah, showing them out for the win. Who's the master? Um, but uh, it was it was just an amazing weekend. This was a crazy, crazy weekend for me as far as moming and wiping, but it was awesome. Um, So just shout out to the community. We've had a really – Oklahoma City, if you're here, if you're blessed to be a part of this particular city, we've got a lot of our drama, but this is – there are some really, really great things happening here. So if you've got a crew, if you've got, you know, the folks that you hang out with and you guys are into a certain type, get out there and meet different people. There's so much happening in this city. So um, with that being said – there's also stuff happening for your children, so I encourage you to also go to Ticketmaster, like Kel said, and get your tickets for the Cuddle Kittens Conference coming up. Um, it's going to be a really, really, really great time, and we're looking forward to
0: seeing you. Have a great week.
1: All righty, All right, so uh, real quick, let me just say we got two minutes stuff. First of all, thank you to everybody who tuned in tonight on our live, on our phones, on um, Online on the phone on my live. We appreciate you. Um special thanks to Chuck DeGroat for being here. Um, again guys, go pick up his book. One of his books, um, wholehearted this is again the one that I'm currently uh reading and it's an amazing book. Um, so definitely check that out. Also wanna say shout out to the Food Nation, um fellas. We don't we're gonna talk tomorrow. Y'all 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 kinda left me, but that's all good. I uh, appreciate our caller for calling in tonight. We had a good show. Um, yeah, all around Sicily as always brings it. So um, yeah, real good show. If You guys uh, can do me a favor and please make sure you share the show. Uh, simply by clicking it or clicking the share button on your uh, on Facebook page. We definitely appreciate it. Um, uh, if you tomorrow the word on Wednesday is back. So Pastor Byrne Senior is going to be back finishing still in, in the Book of Acts. If you know uh, Nouveau Exposure Which is our magazine If you have not downloaded it, Please do that now um, You can go to NouveauExposure.org um, And do that last But definitely not least um, Listen March 24th We have this masquerade Ball In Oklahoma City I practice in my dance moves uh, uh, So I of you to Go on and buy these tickets um, So we can have A good time In Oklahoma City going to be uh, for the night uh, you tell myself,
2: time, time you don't yeah, so I just love, that plan
1: for you all. y'all so just, give it, with you just And then you try to take so, so I try to keep
2: it so 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 i I'm Great show. And you pull it together, baby, if this is goodbye, I want one last try. Just give it, Would you just spend it, and I'm still standing here. First I say you're with me, and then you're trying to get me, so I try to keep it long, When you knock me through the floor, cause I don't want to cry no tears. Would you believe this love is forever